to We Are DB. I am Brenton, and I'm joined as always by Danielle. That's me. Thanks again for joining us as we count up the IMDb's best movies of all time and discuss some of the greatest films you mightn't ever have seen. This week, Redder is number 51 on the Internet Movie Database by millions of film lovers from around the world is Cinema Paradiso. Released in 1988, Cinema Paradiso is an Italian drama set from just after the Second World War to the late 1950s, but opening and closing in 1988 in Giancarlo, Sicily. Based on an original screenplay, the film is written, produced, and directed by Giuseppe Tonatore. He was also in the movie briefly, apparently, as a projectionist, but uh... And this movie went on to win Best Foreign Language Film Oscar. For 19... It was like 1990 by the time it came to the US market. I think so. Yeah, even though it's a 1988 film. Mm. So I didn't really have a lot to expect from this movie, and a hell of a lot doesn't happen, but we'll talk about it. So this is just an Italian movie that's basically set around a particular cinema and one character's interactions with that cinema in Italy in the 1940s and 50s. It's kind of a like a nostalgia piece. Yeah. Like it's, it's looking at one character, how much it was important to him, this particular cinema, for his interests and his friendships and relationships with people in his town, because it was a little town. But it also kind of explores how important cinemas were for like the everyday social life of people at that time in the world, because a lot, truly, you got a lot of your news from the movies. Like, that's where they would get film reels about the war and stuff. Yeah. So it looked at that, and yeah, it's is it a character piece? Not really, it's just kind of a... Because that's pretty much what it is, it's just a good, heartwarming story. It is, like, is it particularly powerful? No. Is it particularly touching? No. But it it, it was nice to watch, and I liked the acting. Um, Can I get into talking about the actors? Yeah, I think we're going to have a pretty open about this one. Uh, there's well, pretty much only one... Actually, there's no real spoilers in this. I was going to say that Alfredo dies, and I'm like, well, that's literally told in the very first scene. That's not a spoiler. You know that he's going to die the entire movie at some point. So yeah. we're just going to say, yeah, spoilers. There's not really anything yeah. that's going to be very open about it. If you haven't seen this movie, you're gonna probably going to enjoy it just as much. But yeah, so I really liked it for the interactions. Like, the little actor who played young Toto was, I thought, very good. I I really enjoyed watching his performance um, and his interactions, especially with the actor who played Alfredo. That was the main character dynamic in this You know what that reminded me of? Hmm. Probably for more more ways than it's just an Italian war film, uh, was Life is Beautiful. And his interactions with yeah. the young boy and his dad in that movie, because you've got these two people having this interaction. You've got this young kid who's just seeing like it through the kid, eyes yeah. of a kid. Yeah, that's what it kind of reminded me of. I guess the difference there is that in Life Is Beautiful, Guido, the dad, was really the one who is like the main character, the main focus and protagonist. Um, right. And in this one, it was Toto, who is the little boy. Um, there's definitely a parallel to be drawn there, for sure. 
there's a bit of a difference in performance when you've got an adult being silly and a kid being silly. You know yeah. what I mean? But I think yeah. I think Alfredo was his sort of main father figure, at least from that point forward. Oh, because yeah. he didn't yeah. have anyone else. I think some of the biggest messages that this movie has to say is reflecting on the people that you sort of interacted with or the places that you lived when you were younger and how that looks. It's kind of a nostalgia thing, like you said, where it sort of mm-hmm. makes you think over your life um, and the things, how things have changed. And it makes you think about, like, what was important to you. Because, like, you think about it, it's like, it's just a movie theater, but it was actually so central to Toto's life and the trajectory of his life. Because he he went on to be a movie director. He was in film, yeah. He was either a director or producer or something like that. And it all started because he used to sneak into the movie theater, into the projection room, to see the films, because I think his family was pretty poor, so he couldn't necessarily always afford to. And he would take little pieces of film, you know, and he would yeah. hold on to them and things like that. Yeah. I just think it, I mean, sort of skipping to the end, it sort of does make you think a lot about growing up and the people that you knew, um, ex-lovers that you might have had to say goodbye to, um, and how things change. Because it not only is like this square that you grew up in that was built in the 1600s it now has billboards and and cars and stuff everywhere but it's also just the cinema itself because it starts out with this priest who has to censor every little thing like he he censored every kiss and everything that was a funny scene at the beginning um and then by the end of it the cinema's life they were showing erotica like there's this really harsh contrast there and it just sort of makes you think Seeing this this building in its heyday to also seeing it in ruins just makes you think about how things have changed since since you were young. Well, and, and interesting that it highlights what stays the same and what doesn't. So, yeah. like, the fact that the, the cinema endured through all those changes. Like, why the cinema and not something else? Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or why the square and not the cinema? So, it's just... It's kind of a commentary on life, honestly, if you want to get really deep about it. I think it is. I think it is. Yeah. It's got a lot to say, particularly towards the end, the very last sort of scenes, which is probably the most spoiler territory, which we won't get into, but they probably have the most to say. Mm. Some of the most enjoyable parts to watch this is seeing how passionate and important the cinema is to the people of the town, right? This is a gathering yeah. place. You know, I would turn to you periodically throughout this and I'm like, don't people do anything other than hang out in this building? Like they were, it was always open at all parts of the day. Like even when they weren't showing movies, a lot of the men of the town would like come have lunch in there just to hang out. Yeah, it was, it was a gathering point, um, just a, mm. a social area. And uh, like you said, I think it's important to get the news and there's escapism and it, appealed to every type of person doesn't matter what was showing i just want to see it and it created connection like that first scene where they finally finally saw an uncensored kiss oh, it yeah. was like it was a huge moment for big all of the moment, townspeople yeah. because they're like finally we can see something you know what i mean and they were all cheering and yeah so it's kind of nice to see them really passionate about something and it was really like feel good when you see the building being restored after there was a fire. 
that's a very yeah. gleeful moment. And I think the movie's littered through with elements like that, which kind of makes it very much a heartwarming sort of story. As well as, you know, overarching story that we were talking about before. I really liked it, I'm realizing, for all these elements. It was enjoyable. Like, it was enjoyable to watch. I would watch this again. I always like watching foreign language films. Yeah. There's something about Italian cinema that I really like. They seem funnier than they probably should, right? I think it's because, like, we're not expecting to read a joke in subtitles. Maybe that's what it is, because it's very... There's a lot of funny bits. And that'd be something that, like, you'd only really get as an English speaker, like, non-Italian speaker. Like, it makes it funnier. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I'm thinking about, like, what kind of foreign language films have I seen? I've seen a lot of French, which have a very particular feel. I've seen a lot of Japanese, like, live cinema, which are beautifully constructed. And they can be very funny as well. Yeah. I've actually seen quite a bit of Italian. Like, I've seen more Italian films than just what we've watched in the podcast. Yep. And they are, they're funny. Like, they work yeah. They work comedy very naturally into the fabric of, like, the screenplay and the script in a way that it's very natural, but it's also, it's really funny. Like, it's not just, mm. <laughs> like, it's actually, like, properly funny. So I think that's part of the reason why I like Italian cinema so much is because it is, it, it's fun. It's fun to watch. Maybe that's why people were drawn to watching these cinemas. You know what I mean? Mm. I think even though there is a main character to this movie, it's arguable that the protagonist is the cinema itself because it's showing you mm. the life of the cinema and, and all what its iterations. It meant. Yeah, it symbolized more than itself. You know what I mean? And when it sort of gets destroyed by the end of the movie, then it's kind of like watching someone die, you know, like it's letting go of a friend. It's a it's a character Which of this movie, honestly. I think was a particularly powerful moment because not only was it being demolished, but it was on the same day. Same day? No. Same I think it was week the next Alf- day. It was within the week, yeah. As Alfredo's funeral. So not only... It's like you have the cinema as the person, and Alfredo was really the soul of that building. He was the main mm. projectionist. Um, the original projectionist. Right? So yes. it's like you lose them both together. Like there's there's literally nothing left of what it originally once was. It's a shame you that know? it's being demolished just for a car park. Like they said it's a parking lot. It's like, oh, you're not even putting anything Something. that's co- contributing to the to the town the way that this was. Mm-hmm. It was really quite powerful seeing that towards the end there because uh you saw a lot of these old townspeople that Toto knew when he was a kid and they've aged them all up really quite well actually. Um, so it was really quite a heartfelt sort of ending. There was one questionable eyebrow job, but other than yeah. that, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. Um. I think his mum was aged up very well throughout the whole thing, even though it's obviously a different lady at the end, but, um. They look, they could have been like mother and daughter. Probably, I would probably honestly. cast that, yeah. And Signora Anna, who was, um, Alfredo's wife, I'm pretty sure that was the same actress, they just aged her. Mm. Um. Because she was already older in the, like, 50s scenes anyway. What do you think? Because there's kind of a discussion around, I think, like, death and letting go at the end of the movie. Whether it's, like, letting go of the life you once knew or letting go of the people you once knew. And that's kind of manifested 
like like I was saying in Alfredo's funeral and the de- demolition of the building kind of all happening at once. It's kind of like a big metaphor for letting go of things that will never be that way again. Like, I'm just curious mm. to know your thoughts on that kind of commentary, because I think that's very much there too, as much as it's like looking at life and how important certain things are to life. It's about being able to let go of things when they change. Well, I like how he asked the cinema owner. He said, what happened? Why'd you close it down? And he said, people just weren't coming as much as they used to, you know? It Mm -hmm. was a symbol of the town. It was a gathering place, like we said. And the beast changes, you know what I mean? Like the, the machine of film industry and stuff. He was talking about how TV and videos, people just don't go to the cinemas anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's just interesting to see that change. I don't really know how to answer your question any better. Well, and I think that's kind of something that happens. And I think it's kind of saying there's basically there's no point in crying over spilt milk. Like there's no point in holding on and being sad to something that wasn't about something that was inevitably going to happen anyway. Mm. You know what I mean? Like as much as it's difficult and sad for people when somebody dies they were always going to die you know like everyone is always eventually going to die and so you kind of need to reach a point eventually where you let go of it and so to me the demolition of the cinema it actually happened very organically because like you said it's not like something happened and it it's life just you know light switch went away it degraded over time You know, so it's not like Mm. suddenly people stopped coming. It's that over time they just weren't coming. It was quite organic. And so it was eventually going to happen anyway. Well, speaking very much between the comparisons of the cinema and Alfredo, at the beginning of the movie, you learn that Alfredo has died after not talking to Toto for 30 years, right? And then you Mm -hmm. go back to the beginning from when he was a kid. And Mm -hmm. in the back of your mind, you're like, okay, you have a good relationship with this person. What happened? Did they have a falling yeah. out? Did they have a disagreement? What Something big must have happened for you not to talk to this person who was so important and influential to you for 30 years. And it's only mm-hmm. towards the end of the movie do you realize that, oh, Alfredo asked you not to come back. He asked you to leave and never return. And I think that's because he, he wanted himself make to go something. make something of himself. Yeah. And don't look back. Don't look back and worry about these things. It wasn't a banishment. It was a blessing to go on uninhibited. Yeah. You know? Um, so I kind of like that. And that, like you were saying about the cinema, isn't forced. It's believable, I guess. Mm-hmm. Everything that happened and the way it's kind of using... It's organic is what you said. Yeah. The way the movie uses the story is a very natural sort of progression that actually happens in life. Mm-hmm. The whole thing's kind of a metaphor. That's deep. Yeah. Now that I think about it. <laughs> I don't think a movie like this would read as true for someone who's young because they've got the whole life ahead of them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it rings true to people who can reminisce back to when they were kids. Like, I had a cinema like this when I was a kid. I was probably Toto's age, actually. I was probably in third or fourth grade. And there was it was such a weird place. Because it was unlike any other cinema that I've been to. I'd be very surprised if it's still there. It was a very small town, a few thousand people. 
And there was, like, louvers, these windows that were run along the top of this warehouse, basically, this building that it was in. And someone would have to come along with a big hook on a stick and try and open up all these windows. Uh, And each of the chairs that you sat in, they would timber with, like, this fabric that was stretched over them, kind of like a, almost like a lawn chair sort of thing. And there was a great big projection room with this great big noisy projector. And it was kind of just, like, this surreal experience that, you probably won't get again even just going to the drive-in cinemas which is kind of depicted here in that outdoor cinema but drive-in cinemas had a very unique feel that people probably won't ever experience again and i'm not very old but i can i have these moments where i'm like oh that just that reminds me of when i was that age it was a big deal because i'm from a very small town too you know that for years and years we had a one screen cinema The building is still there, and I think it's still being used. Like, they didn't clear it out or anything, but it's being used by one of the churches as, like, their choir practice hall or something. (laughs) And it's weird because that new building that... I'm going to sound so funny. It's a lot more uptown than the other one was. The other one felt very much more classic. It would have been pretty funny to watch Rogue One in, like, one of these old cinemas... Well, that's what it was like going to the park theater, the old building, which was just one street over. Um, And I just remember you'd go in and like, I'm pretty sure it was like red velvet on the walls. It was fabric walls and they had these lamps that they're kind of those round lamps that shine both up and down kind of thing. Mm. And then when the movie would start, the lamps would go dim. You know what I mean? Like, it was very much an ambiance kind of thing. And I remember I had my first date in that cinema, and I was trying to, like, snuggle, and the fucking armrest was, like, cutting into my ribs, and I'm like, this is magical. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, There's something about those buildings, though. Oh, it was the best, and... And I remember it, like, the lobby was very small. I can see that whole building in my mind just because, again, it was a very big part of my childhood, even though I didn't go to the movies all that often. I Mm. went often enough that I could tell you, I could tell you exactly what it looked like. Even people who worked the projection booths would be able to tell you a lot of interesting stories about how those things run and how they run a lot different to the digital ones. So... But so they changed over from, most cinemas would have changed over from film to digital around 2010, 2011. That's late. It was pretty pretty late, yeah, because I remember one of the Deathly Hallows Harry Potter movies was one of the first major ones to be on digital. And these days, the people who are running these don't really understand the art behind it. Because there was. You had to get the timing just right, like you were talking about the lights. You had to get these cues just right, and to cut together film was really an an artwork, yeah. You had to build Mm. a movie, uh, which is kind of a weird thought. And you had to time it, you know what I mean? To change between the reels. Do you know what I'm kind of thinking of now? Is that scene in Fight Club. Yeah. Talking about the little blip in the corner of the screen or whatever. Yeah. You had to put the trailers on it and stuff. So there was it, it. It has changed a lot, even in our lifetime. So now, is it just you press a button and away it goes? Pretty much, yeah. You would get a hmm. digital file from film distributor, and you basically just time them all up, line them all up, and and it digitally plays. You have to load it on there, but uh, it's a completely different thing. It's completely different. Yeah, it's like going I, well, from vinyl imagine. to CD. 
it's exactly what it is. You know what I mean? You go from this physical thing to digital, and it's very different the way that they run. Anyway. Yeah. I did like this movie, and it was very heartwarming. And, again, it it made me think of these things. You know what I mean? Um, And I liked... It brought up a few little things that I'm like, oh, I hadn't thought of that before. That's kind of clever and cute. Like the interesting idea of the of the priest censoring the movies. He's sitting yeah. there with his little bell and he's ringing them. Or the kid creating stories with these old reel cuts. Like he would take them home and he would he would make a story in his head with these reels that were cut out. Well, and I was wondering too, or would he remember the scene? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. If he goes to the movies enough. Which he does. He yeah. did. Yeah. But even like there's they're trying to play the same movie with two reels in two different towns at once. That's kind of an interesting sequence where he's riding his bike back and forth between the towns. Um or when he goes on that date with that girl, he cut off a cactus leaf and they use it as a salad bowl. Like there's a lot of little things in there that's like, Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Uh yeah. and it adds character to the whole film and I kinda like it. Well, and like I want to stress, too, that, like, even though there's this kind of deep underlying meaning to it, it was very light. It wasn't sad. Yeah. Even though there's some sad things that happen in it, it wasn't sad. It was really fun. It was nice to watch. Foreign language. And Italian, there's something about Italian, too, that, like, it's such a, it's such a bubbly language to listen to, like... Yeah, it's when not When people harsh. get, like, exasperated in Italian, it is so funny to listen to. Yeah. You know? And the gestures and the yeah. and the voices. Like, it's it was a lot of fun. I don't think this would be nearly as good as if it was English. Yeah. I don't think it would be as funny. Yeah. So, also, was this guy, like, remembering all of this while he's lying in bed trying to go to sleep? Like, I believe so. I've been there, man. Like, just thinking about, man, all these things that I did and people that I knew. Yep. Watching him at the very end with the film reel that he's he's sort of watching, I'm not going to tell you what it is, it's very believable. And I like just watching the actor in that because he looks like he's remembering things. He looks like he's getting emotional. And I think it's a very good ending. I thought so, too. I really liked it. I thought it was a nice way to tie it all together. It was clever. We have been Danielle and Brenton this week. Thanks for joining us. Feel free to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on all the socials. We're most active on Instagram. You can follow us on Facebook, comment on SoundCloud or YouTube, or support us on Patreon. And until next time, thanks for listening. Released in 1988, Cinema Paradiso is an Italian... Motherfucker. It stopped. I, went, I, I can visibly see to... it because I'm higher up. I think we're going to just have to wait it out. I'm just going to wait till he's. See, it stopped just as the train comes. As soon as everything's finished, it'll be like. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> I hate that fucking dog. (laughs) Oh, and that that boxing scene with Charlie Chaplin that we watched in the movie, uh, that is from City Lights. Hmm. Which, uh, even though that episode comes out before this one, we will be watching that, like, today. And I want to record it tomorrow. Right now. (laughs) 
I just thought, like, what are the odds that you're seeing this snip of City Lights in this movie? Mm. 